What a great week we're having. Uh, we're in our Board of Regents meetings uh, right now. Uh, snuck out of a meeting to come here. We're down at the Elliott Park Hotel just down the street doing all the business of the university. Uh, but it's also great to have um, not um, simply friends but family. Uh, Rich preached a few weeks ago here in his wife Robin. And so Rich and Robin Wilkerson from Miami are back in town today helping us with some meetings, but they snuck over for chapel. Rich and Robin, would you guys just stand real quick? The Wilkerson's, they pastor a great church in Miami, Florida. But we are most blessed to have, I know that most of you um, did not, had never heard of, of Pastor Al Toledo. You've heard of him because if you're anywhere near Chicago, you know this man, but they keep such uh, have you heard of Pastor Al or Chicago? I wasn't quite sure what that was about. Was that about both? That was for both of you. But Pastor Al and his wife, Chrissy, lead one of the greatest churches in America. I, I call it the, the, the greatest church uh, you've never heard of. I mean, I've heard of it, but I didn't know of this church until I visited the prayer meetings and saw the scope and scale of what they've done in Chicago is really second to none. And I really consider, I, I really mean this, I told somebody the other day, the two greatest urban churches in the United States are both represented on my front row right now. Trinity Church in Miami and Chicago Tab in Chicago, I think are the two most influential dynamic uh, to this generation churches in the United States. And I just realized that both of you are sitting by each other, maybe for the first time here at NCU. We are blessed. Pastor Al is the Moen chair. Uh, that is a chair of, of preaching and teaching, uh, the Moen Pentecostal chair. They come in three times a semester. We've got uh, Antipas Harris coming next semester, uh, who works with T.D. Jakes. Uh, he is our chair, chair next semester. Um, but Al Toledo is here on, on campus three times. Now, the best part is he brought his amazing wife, Chrissy. I, I'll let him introduce, but can we welcome back our new family here, Al Toledo, North Central. They love you, dude. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hi, everybody. How you doing? It's great to be here. It's really Great to be here with my beautiful wifey of almost 26 years now, Chrissy. Chris, could you stand? Come on, let's give a hand to my... After I was here for the first time, I was like, Chris, you got to come. I wanted you to meet her. I wanted her to meet you. We love young people. Our church is full of young people, and we, we have a heart for you. And we are praying for you. We're praying for NCU. We have a prayer meeting every Tuesday night. And the people are crying out to God for you. Now, real quickly, she gave me three beautiful children. I want to show you my family uh, today. So at the top, I've got, we've got three kids. The oldest is uh, Susie on the top, standing with her husband, Josh. They've been married for seven or so years. And uh, they gave us those two little grandbabies right there, Wesley and James. And then just to my left is my middle child, Annie. She's about 24. She's uh, a single. All my kids have uh, been in ministry. Two of them are serving on staff with us. Annie right now isn't. And then my son, Tommy, who's only 22, he heads up our sound and our youth ministry. He's been married for a year to Olympia, 
And uh, about the three-month mark after they got married, he walked into one of the offices, and he looked really strange. And my wife, she has that intuition thing. She looked and said, what's wrong? He was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? He goes, Mom, we're pregnant. (laughs) So they got pregnant just like that. And so here's here's our newest addition. That's little Roman. Amen. Now, you know what? Our story goes really well with what I want to talk to you about today. Because my wife and I are are very regular people. Um, You know, you guys heard, if you heard last time, I grew up in the hood. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know anything about church until I met God on a baseball field at 17 years old. Shortly after that, I started to go to a church um, maybe 10 blocks away. And uh, it turns out that Chrissy was, had always been there. We were never more than like 10 blocks away. Her dad pastors a church called the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And uh, it's a very significant church, a very influential church. And uh, so I started going to the Brooklyn Tabernacle. When I walked through the doors shortly after that, I met Chrissy. Chrissy was about 16 years old when I met her. We kind of became friends. And then Chrissy kind of, she sort of vanished. She backslid, she ran from God, and, um, and then I watched kind of over the, it took about three or four years where, um, uh, well, let's just put it this way. We'll close with the story in the, at the end, but when Chrissy was a freshman in a, in a school just like this, she was so far away and so off that they actually kicked her out of a a college just like this. And so, um, you know, we're real people. We are people who have been made by the grace of God. And we continue to minister by the grace of God. It's all by grace. We sang about grace in the song. And the title of my message today is Paul's Favorite Word. You know what Paul's favorite word was? Paul's favorite word was grace. Paul used the word, Paul said that he was the chief of sinners. In other words, he was the worst of the worst. And he used that word 96 times. Even though he he wrote about half of the New Testament, in every letter that he wrote, he would open up those letters with grace and peace. Because Paul understood the power of grace. And by the way, when grace is really at work in your life, the after a flow of the impact of grace is always peace. That's why he always said grace and peace. And he was literally changed by the grace of God. I believe that grace is the main thrust of the New Testament. We are saved by everyone. Grace. But it doesn't end there. Grace continues to work. And in Paul's case, I want to just read one quick verse to you. In Paul's case... He was literally made by grace. I think that we should all be able to make the same claim. And look at what he said. 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. I want to talk to you about the grace of God And I'm telling you, we should all, part of the reason that you're here is that you are learning to depend on the grace of God. God wants you 
to be like Paul, and regardless of where you come from, where you've been, what you've done, good, bad, or ugly, his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. And so I want to pray for just one moment, make a few quick points, and then pray. Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you for all of my young brothers and sisters. Lord, thank you for the staff. Thank you for President uh, Scott and his wife and the amazing leadership here. Lord, we are all here because of your grace. Grace is what is at work in Miami, Lord, and grace is what's at work in Chicago. And I pray that you would pour out your grace today. Speak to all of us. Help us to know your grace like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So last time we talked, we talked about the fact that when you come to Bible college, one of the things that God wants to do is give you like a deep awakening to his call. And when God awakens you to his call, part of what he's doing is he's awakening you to his grace. And he wants to teach you how to depend on his grace. Grace begins the work. Grace continues the work. The Bible says he who began the good work will carry it on to completion. And then grace also finishes the work. The last time I was here, uh, I brought my uh, non-beautiful assistant. I brought my beautiful assistant this time. Last time I was here, I brought Pastor Jake, one of my um, assistants. And here's what Grace is like. So he and I, we kind of laugh about a story because Grace, uh, because Jake is a Chicago guy, grew up in Chicago, went to high school not too far from our church, and he was a, he was a rascal. So one day, we, I was preaching, we were taking communion at the end, uh, at the end of a message, there was a holy hush upon the congregation. People were really looking at their heart, getting ready to take communion. And then in one of the sections, not everyone heard it, but in one of the sections, someone cursed. Now don't think of any curses, okay? I hate that. But someone cursed, and here's what happened. It turns out that that day, Jake was helping to serve communion. And so Jake would, you know, you get the, the, the juice and the bread and you're passing it and passing it. And at a certain point, he got to one particular person, and when the person looked up and saw Jake, he cursed out loud so that the whole section was like, what's going on? What kind of church is this? And it was that he grew up with Jake. You understand? He grew up with Jake. That's what grace is like. Grace knocks you over. Grace says, Grace does a work that says, this is unbelievable. You can't be passing out communion at this church. I know who you are. But grace makes you someone totally different. How many want to praise God for his grace? Doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Grace should shock people. And it does shock people. Amen. Real quickly, let me give you a definition of what grace is. The most simple uh, that I've heard is grace is God doing for you what you can't do for yourself. Grace is the customized power of the Spirit released to meet your needs in various ways. Grace is a spiritual download which addresses a personal issue, meets a particular need, or enables us to do a specific thing. So grace is whatever we need from God, it comes by his 
grace. And it's real and it's powerful. And Paul said two quick things about grace that I pray, I pray that your life would be defined by this reality. When you're long gone from here, should the Lord tarry, may you never forget that we lean and depend and live by his grace. Here's what Paul said. Number one, Paul said grace makes us. Everyone say grace makes me. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. God's presence, power, his plan to make you who he's planned for you to be is already available. God's grace is the changing power of God. God's grace is the personality changer. Some of us, we need God to change our personality. Well, I got one amen, but it's true. See? But you can't change your own personality, but God's grace can change your personality. Grace literally makes us, okay? So grace changes your personality. Grace also changes your proclivities. A proclivity means a bent. We have a bent. All of us have some good bents, and then we have some bad bents. And you might get frustrated in the privacy of your own heart sometimes and say, I wish I wasn't like that. Well, grace can change the like that. Grace can change your bent. Grace can change your your personality. Grace can change your proclivity. Grace can even change your perversions. If grace couldn't change perversions, then, then Chrissy and I would be out of business, so to speak. Because people walk through the doors of our church with so many deep, profound perversions. But hallelujah, whom the sun sets free is free indeed by his mighty power. And let me say this, even when it comes to profound trauma, grace can deal with your profound trauma in a very powerful way. Real quickly, you know, when we started our church, we, I remember once, the church was about three or four years old, a group of us went to a restaurant, and when we walked in the restaurant, one of the sisters, and she and her husband had kind of become leaders at our church. She was special, and she had told me, she had told me that she had been abused as a child. Now, I didn't really take it all that seriously because I thought, number one, this woman was one of the healthiest Christians in our church, and they had one of the best marriages in our church, right? So we go up to the you know, to the, the hostess. And while we're waiting there, there's a man there. Now, I didn't know all of this, but there was a man there, and he said hello to her. And the minute he said hello to her, there was something very greasy about it. I don't, you ever get an ick in your spirit? I didn't know, but I just had a, 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 a an, it was like, oh, what's, what's this? So anyway, we sit down, and we start talking. And then I said to her, who was that? She said, that's him. She said, that's the guy who abused me since I was like 12 years old all the way till I was, you know, late in my teens. And we couldn't talk about it there, but at another time I started to talk to her. And I said, how? How is it that you could be so free? How is it that you could be so whole? What is it? She said, look. I made a decision. I decided that I was going to let Jesus be all that he could be in my life. And I was not going to be a slave to my past, 
I was not gonna let the devil rule my future. And so I opened up my heart and he came by the grace of God and he just, he just flattened what... See, here's what happens. When the grace of God deals with your trauma, you'll never, you may never forget it like it never happened. Like it does, grace doesn't erase trauma, but here's what it does. It flattens trauma. In other words, your trauma becomes like a line in your story. At the end of this, my wife... My wife's story has actually gone all over the world. It's in different languages. She's written a book. At the end of the service, I would love for you to run out, and if you pick up a book, you can chat with her. But, but Chrissy's story and all the crazy things that she did, it's a line. It's just a line in the story. Grace takes a 3D problem and makes it flat. You see? Here's how you know when, a, when something is 3D, it's real. It has all of this shape. It has all of this reality. But God wants to take what you have been through and he wants to flatten it by his mighty power. His grace is able to set us free. God's grace makes us. His grace makes us. And I'm telling you right now, if, if I had three hours to preach in chapel, I could give you three hours of stories. And Brother Rich could give you 25 hours of stories of the grace of God at work in Miami. Amen. The grace of God in Chicago works in Miami. Powerful. God's grace is able. Put your faith in the power of the grace of God and let him make you. So here's what Paul said. He said grace makes us. Then secondly, Paul said grace energizes us. He says this. He says, on the contrary... I worked harder than any of them, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But he says, though it was not I, everyone say not I, but the grace of God that is with me. You see, the way grace works is we work with grace, but it's not us. It's God's grace actually energizing us. Even things that we don't want to do, how many know grace can make you want to do what you don't want to do? And what happens is, is once grace makes you privately, then it energizes you so that you can minister publicly. You see, you're being prepared for the ministry. Whether you're going to be in the business world, whether you're going to be in a classroom, you have come to this place to be released from this place as a minister of the grace of God. And when you meet God, see, something happens when you meet God privately and his grace makes you, that becomes the anointing of someone else's victory. Because now you're walking in the anointing of what God did in you and you have faith that God is going to do that in someone else. And so what, what grace does is grace then becomes the launching pad. Grace becomes, becomes the way you go into your ministry. So many people are intimidated by the devil, okay? God's called you, and when you get the call of God, you look at it in the natural, and you say, I can't do that. If the musicians could come, you say, I can't do that. I could never do that. Yeah, you could never do that except for grace. See, because when the grace of God comes, God takes someone like Paul, who was a murderer, and he makes him the greatest Christian and the greatest minister of all time. 
Grace actually becomes the way you minister. When, when, uh, when President Scott gets up here and he talks and you feel the anointing of God, you know what that is, everyone? It's, it's grace. There's nothing in me. I'm telling you right now, there's nothing in me that can change anything in you. When it comes to the capacity to change someone, I'm absolutely empty. I've got nothing for you. But let me tell you something. His grace has a lot for you. And when you learn the grace of God, you get launched into the ministry in such a powerful way. You know, before we close with the story, Chrissy's story, we had a guy who started the church with us and he had been to Bible college like you about year seven or eight. The grace ran out. And it's like what he usually could do, he just couldn't do anymore. And it became clear to me it was time for him to go. But he didn't want to go because it was comfortable. And so he started to experience all sorts of conflict and challenges and difficulties, a great spirit. And finally, I was like, dude, dude, what is God saying to you? He says, God is calling me. He's calling me to pastor. But I'm afraid because, you know, in fact, they just called me for this church. But this church has so many problems, and I have no idea. I could never do that. I could never lead that church. I said, listen, listen, here's how grace works. And I'm going to say this to you today. Here's how grace works. No matter what, what God tells you he's going to do with your life, what you need will be there when you get there. What you need will be there when you get there. You look at the dream that God has put in your heart, that dream will come to pass because he who begins the good work, he will carry that on to completion. How many would say, man, can we praise God for that? Hallelujah. But now very quickly, very quickly, here's what you need to know. Grace can pass us by. We can miss grace. Look at what happened. It says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me, could you read those four words? Can you see it? Was not in vain. His grace towards me was not in vain. And what that means is, is that the Holy Spirit, even this week, even this morning, the Holy Spirit reaches out to this brother and this sister and this sister. He reaches and he gives impressions and he draws, he woos. The Holy Spirit calls you, says, stop, stop hanging out over there. Go to the room. I want to be with you. I want to do something in you. We can actually miss the grace. Okay, and here's why most people miss the grace. We miss the grace because we're afraid to pour out all of our junk. But look at what it says in Hebrews, and we'll close with this thought. Hebrews 4.16 says this. Let us then approach the throne of grace with everyone with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So here's what confidence means. Confidence means that when God says, come to my throne of grace, show him everything. Don't be embarrassed to show him any ugly, any difficult thing. Jesus knows everything about you. Even before you discover it, he already knows it. So when you come to God, come, open up your heart. What do you need God to do in you today so that you can do something for him tomorrow? 
Bring it to God today. Here's how you miss the grace of God. You avoid it. Okay, Christians don't avoid their, their issues. Christians deal with their issues. And today, God wants you to deal with some stuff. Here's what happened, and we'll close. So I'm in a prayer meeting. Chrissy had been running from God. Her dad, I watched her dad preach like a lion, uh, President Scott, cry in the office, asking me, do you know where Chrissy is? Do you know where Chrissy is? You know, because she would call me from time to time. Cry like a, a, cry in the office, go up, preach like a lion. I watched that for years. It, it was so profound and impacting to me. And someone once said, she was away, she was running with a guy, Chrissy got pregnant out of wedlock, our first child uh, 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 did not come from our marriage, but she's mine uh, nonetheless, just the same. And so, so I remember someone said to Pastor Simla, look, Jim, give in, my son is gay, just give in, at least you have a relationship. And Pastor Simla said, I won't give in. He said, I will not give in. The Bible says the children of the righteous will be mighty in the land. And I will pray and I will pray and I will pray until God breaks through. He said, I won't give in. And so, look, we were in a prayer meeting just like this. And I was up in the balcony. And one night, Pastor hadn't told the the people one night. Somebody said, tonight's Chrissy's night. And they passed the mic to someone. And I was a young, I was just like you, your age. And I was up in the balcony. And he said, look, my daughter is like out of her mind right now. Up is down, down to black is white, everything is crazy. Handed the mic and then the whole room began to pray. And this is why you must pray. The throne room of grace, this is the throne room of grace right here. We have to be a praying school. We have to be a praying people because when we pray, the grace of God is poured out in power. And we cried out to God for like 15 minutes. I thought the roof was going to fall. And then two days later, Chrissy came. She knocked on the door. After three years of, of crying and pleading and begging, she, she came. She fell on the floor and she said, Dad, I've sinned against uh, God and I've sinned against you. I repent. And in less than a couple years she was in ministry you can read the story something really powerful happened because when you come to the throne of grace all things are possible when you come to the throne of grace so look I know some people have to go they told me you, you some of you have to go by uh, uh, 1150 and if you do have to go but you need to respond to this please Go back to your room and build an altar to God and watch him break through for your life. But if you've got some time, maybe you don't even feel like, man, I I need something today, but somebody needs you to stand with them. So look, let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands to him right now. Could we begin to worship at the throne of grace? Let's begin to worship at the throne of grace. And if you're here and you need breakthrough, you need grace to do something in you or something through you, I want you to slip out of your seat as we start to reach out to God. Come on, slip out of your seat. The Spirit of the Lord is here to bring breakthrough today. His grace is sufficient. God can do for you what you could never do for yourself. He can can flatten the trauma. He can break the back of sin and bondage. He can break perversion. He can break anger. He can break addiction. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, let's begin to reach out to him. Hallelujah, Lord.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Leaders, leaders, come and we want you to help lay hands. We're going to begin to pray. Just sing as you feel that, brother. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh,